Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Running. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Bruce Pollard, welcome aboard. He says, let's discuss why our Texas senators are afraid to vote for a bipartisan team to understand January 6th. Bruce, do you really need the answer to that? We know what the answer is because many are complicit, including El Senor Cruz. Jessica Taylor, welcome aboard. Michael Rudnan, welcome aboard. Heck, no Republican wants to discuss January 6th. No, they don't. Paul Fleming, how about the big oil companies announcing decline in production to help climate change? I wonder why. You know, it's funny because all the things that they're doing, remember, Houston is at near sea level. All those, all those refineries in Houston, Louisiana, Baumont, and all these places will be under water, will be under water. So I wonder why they have to think about that. Linda Joe Kessinger, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here as I scroll up the list. Uh, Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. ATL checking in on time. All right, let's get busy with Michael Rudnan. You know, Michael Rudnan comes with the narrative every time, and I love it. Biden to push $6 trillion U.S. budget for next fiscal year. If we are to forestall global warming, nothing short of a World War II-level effort will suffice. It looks like President Joe Biden is listening. Biden is set to release his first full budget since taking office in January as he seeks to push his priorities investing in infrastructure. <coughs> Child care and other public works in national rebuilding effort. Biden's proposal would put the nation on track for its highest sustained level of spending since World War II. Numero dos. Biden warned not to abandon key climate plans to appease science-denying Republicans. If Democrats decide their climate priorities can be put off for later, don't be surprised if young people put off voting for them again. Exactly. We have got... That 81 million people that voted, those aren't our regular voters. We brought a whole lot more people into the fold. We promised them. I remember going out there and walking the, the Latino neighborhoods in the, in, in the barrios out here in Houston. And people were saying, why, why do I, yo no necesito votar, no, nada pasa. Why do I need to vote? Nothing really happens. And I said, no, this time is different. And I enumerated a whole lot of stuff. You see, those, that trash that's there, we are going to make policy that really matters to you now. Le decía todo eso en español. I was speaking to a lot, because a lot of these folks don't vote. You know, a lot of this, the area that I was in was Latino, but not only Latino, but Spanish-speaking Latino. So, uh, you know, we got into these kinds of discussions. They expect results. Michael Rudnan is right. We start pussyfooling or whatever you, however the word is used, and we're not going to get it done. I won't read the rest of that. you get the gist. White House to face key decision on climate, elder care, a bipartisan deal with GOP emerges. Je, uh, Jeff Stein fluid uh, 
but infrastructure deal, uh, fluid but infrastructure deal with GOP likely cuts out key climate items ending fossil fuel subsidies, $200 billion, $200 billion retrofit of U.S. buildings and homes, 500 k on EV stations, electric grid, uh, CX prior to tweet, climate resiliency dollars in the White House, confident it can get this later. No, you cannot be confident you get it later. As the election approach, if the Republicans' uh, false machine gets people thinking, oh my God, it's climate change at the, at the expense of your food. It's climate change at the expense of inflating your cost, which they're good at doing. You know, this is stuff that you have to push through now. We have to get this done now. I'm with you, Michael. Powerful signal. In a single day, big oil uh, surf suffers historic blows on climate courts, customers, and Wall Street. Yeah, I heard. Uh, that was good. We got some board members that, you know, got onto the boards of some oil companies. We also got the court in, I think it's in Holland, that says by 30, I think it's 2030, they have to have X amount of reduced carbon. So it's, it's getting serious, and it's a good thing. Uh, by the way, Rudnan, that website has a security risk on it from my, uh, from my virus checker, so I won't be able to go there. Uh, if, you find that, if, you, if you find it or can place it somewhere else that it's not a security risk, I'll take a look at it. Michael also, uh, also says, I just hope it's big enough to cover our nations. Yes, it better be. All right, call, talking to the other folks that have checked in, Bridge MCP, Julie Van Assel, I think I checked you out. Uh, Bruce Pollard, was that a pun underwater? <laughs> no, sé, hermano. Egberto, as it comes to cities going underwater, oh, no, 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 no. Actually, I'm serious. I'm serious. Houston is not much above sea level. I think at, at our highest point, it's about 50 feet above sea level or something like that. I don't recall exactly. Actually, here in Kingwood, my house is at 66 feet above sea level, if I recall the last measurement I took, and sinking, of course. Uh, Michael Egberto, as it comes to cities going underwater, our first new Atlantis is most likely going to be Miami or New Orleans. By the way, let me just inform you. Much of New Orleans is already below sea level. It's in a bowl. Those levees are the ones that hold the water back from flooding the entire uh, New Orleans. They have the biggest pump system, I believe, in the country to, 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 uh, to, to get the water out of the city. Bridge MCP, anyone else have sound and video off? Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, please don't tell me the sound and video are off. I hate when that happens. Uh, you guys can let me know if that's off. And, you know, um, I'm not going to reboot, but I just hope that it catches up because I... I know sometimes that can become distracting. Okay, I have sound and video according to Linda Van Dastel. Okay, Egberto, didn't you know? Uh, did you didn't you know you had an ese Mexican accent? <laughs> Behave yourself. Mi 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 cuñado es es mexicano. Él es de Guanajuato. Anyhow, let's continue. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see what else I got. Jessica Taylor says. MCP, no problem here. Michael Rudnan, I'll repost uh, that from a different hosting site. Let's see if I can get to that. Oh, that whatever that that one that you have is not good. Audio, video, good. Okay, let's go ahead and get busy. Jessica, now mine isn't syncing. Oh, please, folks, please sync, please sync. Anyhow, the first thing that I want to tell you is the title of the show today is Evangelicals Challenged by Fateful Left. 
Elizabeth Warren destroys J.P. Morgan. I should be putting this on the screen, likely. And, uh, and more. So Franciscan Action Network's Jason Miller wants to dispel the false narrative of the evangelicals. Elizabeth Warren destroys Jamie Dimon. Biden hits the GOP hypocrisy. But before I get into all of that, there's a video that I saw. And what I want to do with that video is I want you guys to see it because it, it, it makes a mockery out of how we deal with health care. Just, I just happened to come up on the video on um, one of the websites that I love. Uh, of course, that is Common Dreams. So check this out. I think this is it. Uh, let's see. I better get that video. Come on, folks. It was a good video. I better have that. There we go right here. Check it out. Grab the wrinkly dog, 11 letters, and it's a rhyme. Grab the wrinkly dog, and it's a rhyme? Hey, my apartment's on fire. It's right around the corner. Come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First things first. Are you insured? Yes, sorry. Here you go. If we could just hurry, though, that'd be great, because my apartment's literally on fire. You got a slight issue here. What? What issue? It says here you're behind on your premium payments. Really? I, I don't think so. I do. It's right here on your file. 660 bucks. Oh, my bad. Uh, can we just take care of that later? No can do. See, your specific provider, Bright Shield Protector Fidelity Horizon, says you need up-to-date premium payments for, for your, your provider, provider to, to be reimbursed. reimbursed. Can you not talk over me? I was talking with you, to support you. So the thing is, I haven't reached my deductible anyway, so it would all be out of pocket. Right, but to get credit towards your deductible, you need to have up-to-date premium payments. Okay, okay. Sorry. Uh, here you go. Here's my credit card. If we could just hurry, though, that'd be great, because my apartment is literally on fire. So sorry, but, but we, we don't, don't take American, American Express talking over me. Oh. Sorry, here you go. Actually, hold up. This isn't your home precinct. Uh, it should be. I live right around the corner. New address? Yeah, we moved a couple months ago. Well, that's an issue because your primary care precinct is still tied to your former address. This precinct is out of network for you, so I'm going to need a referral. A referral? There's a fire in my apartment right now. Oh, dear. What, what? Did you recently change jobs? Yes, yes, so what? There's a gap in your insurance. Your old coverage was tied to your old job, so when you shifted jobs... My home is literally burning down! Hey, could be worse. How? Was it on fire when you moved in? No, of course not. Seen it before, and then it's a pre-existing condition and it's not, not covered. covered. See how it feels? I kind of like it. Oh! What, what? The crossword. Carpe sharpe. Ooh, nice pull. This is absurd. It would be absurd if we ran fire departments like this. So why do we run healthcare this way? I want you guys to think about that. Why do we run healthcare the way? And you know what? With a fire department, we're talking about property. So property defense is socialized, right? We all pay for the fire department, and if whoever gets a fire in their home, the fire department comes out and takes care of business. Shouldn't healthcare be like that? Protecting this body we protect capital but this body we can't protect in the same manner we protect the homes the cars the houses isn't there something wrong with us people that we allow them to corrupt us in such a manner that we will screw ourselves to make a lot of people or rather to make a few people a whole bunch of money Come on, we, can, we are better than that. Now, Rudden and I was able to pull that one up, but before I place what Biden has there, I have a video to show you guys of Biden today scorching Republicans. Remember, 
Republicans didn't want anything to do with the American Rescue Plan. They said it was bad. They didn't give it not one vote. Yet, they wanted to take credit for it. And today, el señor Biden, el presidente Biden, zinged them for that. Check this out. We had no problem passing a $2 trillion tax plan that went to the top 1% that wasn't paid for at all, just increased the debt $2 trillion. Every time I talk about tax cuts for working-class people, it's, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to take back some of that 1% money and make them pay for it. And thanks in part to a part of the rescue plan named for an Ohio labor leader, Butch Lewis, championed by Sherrod Brown, who I don't think Sherrod's here today, hundreds of thousands of retirees and workers across Ohio and millions more across the country can trust that their pensions they work so damn hard for and sacrifice to secure will be there for them. Unlike my dad, who busted his neck his whole life, and when the company went on, he lost his pension completely. Even my Republican friends in Congress, not a single one of them voted for the rescue plan. I'm not going to embarrass any one of them, but I have here a list <laughs> of how back in their districts they're bragging about the rescue plan. They touted the, re the restaurant revitalization fund. They touted the fact that we're in a situation where they're dealing with touted grants to community health care centers. Touted, I mean, some people have no shame. <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm happy they know that it benefited their constituents. That's okay with me. But if you're going to try to take credit for what you've done, don't get in the way of what we still need to do. Imagine that. That's what they're doing. That is what they're doing. Okay, here is the, 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 the link for Michael Rudnan about Biden's uh, tweet. It says, Across the country, we have failed to properly invest in infrastructure for half a century. The American Jobs Plan will get millions of Americans good-paying union jobs, repairing our country's crumbling infrastructure. It's a blue-collar blueprint to rebuild America. And that is absolutely true. That is what we have got to do. And by the way, that video, I'll, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll make a little blog about this video here. That I just did, that I just kind of incorporated from that website. So uh, stay tuned. Anyhow, people, um, we have another video for you. We're Elizabeth Warren really laid into Jamie Dimon, uh, uh, J.P. Morgan uh, Chase CEO, and a lot of people give him a break because they think he's a Democrat, right? But he's a plutocrat, and you know I don't care if a plutocrat is a Democrat or whatever the hell they are. If what they're doing is hurting the American people. We don't want that. That's not what we stand for. Well, anyhow, uh, I saw a couple of people defending him on TV today and said, hey, J.P. Morgan returned $353 million of overdraft. So why are you hitting him so hard? Because he made $1.5 billion on profit from overdrafts when, when the United States government forgave Jamie Dimon and all these other cats for their, for their intransigence, for them, 
not paying their bills on time. So check out uh, Elizabeth Warren and then we'll take it on the other side. Sometimes it becomes difficult. Sometimes it becomes frustrating that some of the biggest defenders of the bankers and the huge capitalists that really are the ones that are taking people to the cleaners, that the ones that are defending them are the ones that they're hurting. I think many times that occur because we are not aware. Many times that occur because enough people don't actually see what they do and the response that they give for the legal thievery that they effect on all of us. I want you to listen to uh, Elizabeth Warren. You know, I love Elizabeth Warren just like I love Katie Porter. They are never fearful in going against these CEOs who, with their suit and ties, are nothing more than legalized thugs. I really love the way she handled it. Check this out with Jamie Dimon uh, from Chase, and then we'll take it on the other side. Your bank, J.P. Morgan, collects more than seven times as much money in overdraft fees per account than your competitors. So, Mr. Diamond, how much did J.P. Morgan collect in overdraft fees from their consumers in 2020? Well, I think your numbers are totally inaccurate, but we'll have to sit down privately and go through that. These are public numbers. And I also also want to point out we did not overdraft. Can can you just answer my question? How much did J.P. Morgan collect? We did not overdraft at the Fed account. And at any request, so you never. I'm sorry, Mr. Diamond. That was Mr. Diamond. That was not the question. Did you? You had an automatic protection. So I'm asking. You were recommended, the regulators recommended you offer that same kind of protection to your customers. How much, in fact, did J.P. Morgan collect in overdraft fees from their customers in 2020? Do you know the number? I don't know the number in front of me. But well, we, I actually we, have the upon, number in front of me. Upon it's request, $1.463 billion. That's nearly $1.5 billion that you collected from your customers. Now, do you know how much J.P. Morgan's profit would have been in 2020 if you had followed the recommendation of the regulators and waived overdraft fees to help struggling consumers? In other words, without that overdraft money, would your bank have been in financial trouble? We waived the fees for customers upon request if they were under stress because of COVID. You know, I, I appreciate that you want to duck this question. Do you know how much your profits would have been if you'd actually waived all the fees as the, rec- we, as we, the regulators we waived, recommended? We waived the fees every time. The answer is your profits would have been $27.6 billion. I did the math for you. So here's the thing. You and your colleagues come in today to talk about how you stepped up and took care of customers during the pandemic. And it's a bunch of baloney. In fact, it's about $4 billion worth of baloney, but you can fix that right now. Mr. Diamond, will you commit right now to refund $1.5 billion you took from consumers during the pandemic? No. Right now? No. No. That's right. Over the past year, you could have passed on the breaks that you got from the Fed to your customers, but you didn't do it. Everybody else here, those other three bankers, will any of you agree to refund the overdraft fees that you collected? 
I didn't think so. So no matter how you try to spin it, this past year has shown that corporate profits are more important to your bank than offering just a little help to struggling families, even when we are in the middle of a worldwide crisis. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This, this proves, I mean, she gave him an opportunity. Out of the $27 billion, over $27 billion that they've made in profit, she said, would you give those American people back? Those overdraft fees, people that have had a hard time, would you give them their money back? He didn't give an answer that says, well, if they, if they come to us and show that it was because of hardship, we'll give them back. Or we will try to do the best we can. He knows or he believes there's no penalty to pay. So when she says, will you give back those overcharges, those overdraft charges? Diamond just said, no. And then she asks the others, will you do it? Silence. Folks, you've reached a, you've reached a point that those who are pilfering you really don't care. It is really, really time that we take back what is ours. We Absolutely so. And, and uh, Rudnan brought another good graphic that says it all. Uh, let me put it on the screen because I, I, I really like this one, Rudnan. I think you hit the nail on the head here. It says, banks collected over $30 billion in overdraft fees last year. Another way of saying that, banks took $30 billion from people that had no money. I want you guys to think about that. That meme is prescient. In other words, the people who overdraft are not just a bunch of irresponsible people. These are people that are struggling. This is an economic downturn. People are dying. People are hurting. And the bankers, when they, at the end of every night, bankers have to make their books whole. So they have to borrow money on the, from the feds or they have to go interbanking and borrow. Now, interbanking, had it's called a repo market. It had gotten very tough. The, the interest rates had gone through the roof because the banking system was not very clean, if you know what I mean, and people were concerned. To solve that, that's one issue, the bankers came in and they said, we are, I mean, the feds came in and said, we are going to make you whole. We are going to give you low interest rates. And by the way, we're not going to charge you for overdrafts. Please extend that during this period to your customers as well. The banker said, to hell with our customers. Now, if the customers come and beg us and say, oh, I've been having a very, very hard time, then they'll give you back some money. But most customers just pay the overdraft fee because that's the contract they signed. But why not have a heart? Remember, I always try to make us remember that capitalism has no soul. Capitalism has nothing. The market has no soul. There's no market. The market is a composite of those who want to rip you off. A real market, a free, real, enterprise-type market is different because it's made up of us all. That is why for things that are major, healthcare, energy, and these particular items should be controlled by we, the people. They like to call that socialism. That's called democratic Socialism, democratic, and I'm not going to use the word because I don't want to confuse people right now. But in effect, we, we, 
get the things that we need from us. And then you want to buy a car, you want to buy a phone, you want to buy all those other things can be in the free enterprise market. The free enterprise market. Folks, before I go to our interview today, I'd like to ask you guys, those of you that are just joining us or that have been with us, please go ahead and share these programs right now on your wall, on your Twitter, on your YouTube. Go ahead and click, tweet it, twitch it, do everything so that others can get our word. If more people understood what was really going on and understand that they are not victims, we are made to believe we are victims. Remember that. Remember that. We are made, we are taught that we are a victim of this system. We have to abide by the current rules of this system. That's the biggest fallacy out there. If we elect the people who have the values of humanity, they will make sure that we think human first, Business second, because the business is there to ensure humanity remains humane. Anyhow, if, 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 you, if you could, please support our program. If you're on YouTube, please click that join button. Become a member. If you become a member, I'll throw you up on it right during the show. If you do it live during the show, I'll throw you up on the screen to let folks see, yes, we have somebody else that has just joined the PDR Posse, the PDR Posse. Ran by Bridge MCP. You can also get one of our mugs, and that all these things that you get help support us. Our mug, the mug is also designed by Bridge MCP, and on the screen right now, you're seeing a whole lot of our posse who have purchased the cup and they're drinking out of the cup and showing that they have the cup, like to have more. If you also want to get things like our t shirts, our hoodies, or masks, our books, you know, all the books that we have, all of that, right? You can get that. Several places. You can first go to our store if you'd like to. Uh, you can get our store at politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. You can also uh, go ahead and get all of our books. And I'm going to put some of the books on the screen right now. You can get all our books at politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. Uh, what are the books? It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Get all three because they all work together. How to make America utopia. Take away the economy from those who rigged it. And the first one that I wrote was, as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. The reason I wrote the first one is for us to understand our economy and how the different presidents and parties actually messed with our economic system and how they either deproved it, improved it, or whatever. The second book, how to, or it's worth it, how to talk to your right-wing friends and neighbors. If you want to be able to make a change, it's not only progressives that's going to make the change. We have to work together as a team. As a team, that is how you get change. How do you do that with all these right-wing folks that you think don't want to listen to you? I'm telling you, they do want to listen to you if the approach is right. How to talk to your right-wing uh, relatives, friends, and neighbors, it's worth it. And the last book is... The one that says what utopia is supposed to be. How to make America utopia. How do we create that America that's going to make a difference? Now, I have my ideas. This is going to turn into our forum as well that I'm building on our website. Because it's not only about what I think. It's also about what everybody thinks. What they need to have in their own personal economy to create that utopia that we all really, really, really want. So I ask you so kindly 
to help out with us making keep keeping the message out, empowering people, letting people understand that we are not victims of our economic system. We are not victims of our political system. We are the ones who create a political system that allows an economic system to thrive. And it's our choice whether we do it or not. But to do it doesn't mean allowing those, the plutocrats who benefit from this, to get the last word. We, nosotros, nosotros los Los poblanos, nosotros, we are the ones that are supposed to make that difference. You can get all my books at politicsandright.com slash books. You can also support us via our Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or, of course, we take the good old PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. And, of course, if you're on YouTube, you can always support us on YouTube by clicking the, I think the YouTube have a subscribe button or something like that. But anyway, that is how we make changes. Now, today I have a special guest. Uh, It's a religious guy. You guys know I'm not religious, but I love my religious folks as well. And I I always have Carolyn on talking about um, issues with regards to religion, etc. This guy, I think you're going to like him. Let's go ahead and play Jason Miller and talk about how he is going to reclaim the narrative from the evangelicals. Let's get busy. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Around. I'm Egberto Wills, your host. Thank you so kindly for being with us, folks. Uh, today we have a special guest. Uh, we have Jason Miller, who is a faith-based advocate and organizer originally from Toledo, Ohio, and serves as the co-chair of the Faithful Democracy WIC Working Group. After earning his BA in History and Religious Studies, Jason entered a year of service with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps in Nashville, Tennessee, working at Catholic Charities Refugee Services. He then relocated to Washington, D.C., area to complete a master's degree in conflict analysis, good stuff, and resolution in George Mason University. Jason has since devoted himself to faith-based communications and advocacy work on behalf of economic justice and climate justice issues and currently works as the Director of Campaigns and Development at the Franciscan Action Network. Jason, welcome to Politics and Right. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm great. That was, I, you gave the full bio there. I, I need to take you, that was the next time on an elevator. Can I take you with me? Or, yes, you uh, can, perfect. but you know what? Let, let me tell you what I love. Yeah. Especially in these times people that are just doing good work because that is what we need and you just have to tell me social justice economic justice racial justice and you got me because we need so much of that right now anyhow um tell me a little bit about yourself that i didn't say before we get into some of the meat of what i want to discuss with you sure well you know sometimes those words social justice racial justice i'm glad you love them Unfortunately, not not everybody does. So right. uh, I'm sure your audience. I love your little dog. I mean, yeah, that, you know, that we're, brings uh, a reality we're dog to sitting, it. So it so it makes it real, right? As yes. I was trying to take a real real important point there, um, I, and I don't even know what it was, but uh, I'm glad that you're into social and racial justice because you know sometimes those are are words that are such loaded terms these days, which is really unfortunate because. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good work, but, you know, I learned in JVC that in Jesuit Volunteer Corps that, you know, everybody's doing work and everybody's just trying to, to do what they can. And, uh, you know, that's really what it's all about. And I've been fortunate and blessed to, to come to D.C. And, and work in faith-based advocacy, but that, you know, doesn't make me any 
better or worse than than anybody else. But I'm I'm thankful that that I'm doing it, and I'm glad to glad to be here. Let me tell you, I am I'm a very political. This is a very political show, progressive sure. show. And uh, personally, I am a humanist, so I don't do the religious thing uh, generally. But one of the reasons I really liked what you do, what many of the others in your domain uh, do, is that um, what we found over the last several decades, actually, is a religion has been used to corrupt a whole a sect of the religious uh, our religious body has been mm -hmm. used to corrupt our entire body politic, and in so doing, they have made doing i mean they have gone to the point when where they have made doing good by we the people a bad thing they've adapted yeah. a sort of a social economic balance that is completely off whack what would you say to that yeah i unfortunately i would agree you know there are issues that uh used to not be partisan right and i, I think a lot of people don't understand that there's political and there's partisan right and uh things that yes might be political aren't necessarily partisan when i worked in refugee resettlement in nashville with jesuit volunteer corps you know i worked with former refugees and i worked with um you know a number of conservatives it wasn't refugee resettlement wasn't a partisan issue and it hurts it pains me that that now it's such a loaded political partisan issue um and voting rights it's with our work with faithful democracy today you know you have 360 plus uh bills in state legislatures in 47 states that are they're trying to suppress the vote and when did access to the vote become partisan it shouldn't be certainly it's political but it, it shouldn't be partisan and there's a misunderstanding of that and there's these this twisting of this idea by by folks and and I will say on on the right and or neoliberal even if you will, yes. You know, there's there's this idea that well, you know, if you're a Christian or you're a person of faith, you you act a certain way and you believe certain things. Well, shouldn't you, as a, a person of faith or as a Christian, believe in in access to the vote? It isn't human dignity. A, a big part of, of being who who a follower of Jesus is, I certainly think so, and that's something that we ground our work in with with faithful democracy. Is that if all human beings have dignity and worth, then you know they should have access to the vote. They shouldn't have their voices drowned out by big money and politics. But unfortunately, there's this misunderstanding of, oh, you know, Christian means to be, you know, you want smaller government or you know that you're you're against certain things or for other things but you know that to me that's not really what it means to to be a, a christian i'm a, i'm a christian first i'm a i'm a catholic first before any political label and and to me that means you know that all human beings have dignity and worth and you know all of us on the the christian left all these people also say oh where the christian left it's coming out of nowhere well we've We've been here all along. We just maybe didn't have the megaphone that the other folks had. Now, let me tell you, um, Jason, and that is what I've, th that is one of the reason when I was introduced to you, 
that I really wanted to have you. Like I said, I'm not a religious show. I'm not religious mm -hmm. or anything like that, but religion plays a big part in the American, in the American sure. experience. And what we've seen is one sect within our religion and not a good one at, be, at all, uh, have taken over what it is to be religious. And many people who won't necessarily have those beliefs think that it's their responsibility to have those negative beliefs that the, that's been inculcated onto them from the right. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, people like yourself who are actually doing very good work. I, don't, I didn't want to immediately get into faithful democracy and what you're doing with faithful democracy, but I wanted to bring to the floor first the problem the problems yeah, that you guys I, are trying to solve. And sure. I think one of the major problems is who are Christians, who are religious people, and for it not to automatically mean those people who are anti-given, uh, given the sustenance that others need. We care about the baby as a, as a blastoma, as a fetus, but we don't care about the baby after it's been born to make them whole. We care about uh, treating, uh, we, we care, we don't care about treating the rest, the people, immigrants, the way Jesus would have treated sure. that person going into their home. We don't treat, we don't feed the hungry the way Jesus took, uh, uh, you know, turned bread. And I mean, I, right. I, I was, right. no, formerly, I, you got it. I, I was going to let you just keep quoting the Bible. No, well, you, you, know? you I mean, well, I grew but, up a Christian. I grew yeah. up a Christian. Okay. So please, you can continue that because, well, remind, no, I, you know, I'm a good Catholic. So I, I try not to quote the Bible. I like to quote Pope Francis, but you're right. I mean, welcome the stranger. Right. And that's, that's a, a key component in both the, the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian scriptures. And, um, you know, and, and that is a, a component of Catholic social teaching is, right, obviously we need to, as again, I'm speaking as, as a Catholic, care for um, the unborn, but that also means caring for the unborn, like you said, after uh, that, that fetus is born and, and throughout that person's life. I mean, if, if people are hungry, if they are thirsty, if they are without a home, um, you know, we can't discard them. We can't push them aside. Um, as Pope Francis says, there, you know, we have this throwaway culture. Uh, and we, you know, that's, that's, it shows that it's, it, he's, he's right. And, and we definitely have some priorities that are backwards in this country when we just throw people away. Now, you, you, earlier in our commentary, you said, uh, one of the issues with many on the right, many of the religious on the right is they have a big megaphone. And my question then is, how do we help? I'm trying to do the little part that I can. How do we help those who, the, the, the religious folks who really want to help people, how do we get them that megaphone? How do we make sure that you guys are ex expressive as you need to be to give those people who are religious and think they need a place, but that place seems to be only there on the right? How do we do it? Well, you know, franciscanaction.org is our website. We, we do take Donations, we are a nonprofit, right? We're talking about how there is that big megaphone. Unfortunately, um, you know, money does play a role both in our politics, but also um, in- Repeat just, that, I wanna make sure people get yeah, that. Yeah, franciscanaction.org. And, you know, if, if you're not able to make a donation, that's okay, but I felt like that was the first thing I, you know, I had to say, certainly you can sign up to our e-newsletter. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, get engaged. Um, if it's not with fan, as we call ourselves, it's 
you know, calling your members of Congress, calling your senators. It's, you know, picking up the phone, not just tweeting, uh, emails, okay, but, you know, phone calls are best. And if you're like me, I like to leave those messages at 5 p.m. You don't even have to talk to another person. So if it's to advocate for S1, the For the People Act, if it's to advocate for the Green New Deal, if it's for comprehensive immigration reform, pick up your phone um, because, you know, your senators need to hear from you. And I don't care what state you are in, who your senators are, um, you, you still need to do that. And as, as it's important to say, to do that as, as people of faith and say, I'm a person of faith and this is what I believe. Now, um, you, you gave the Franciscan website and uh, so far uh, with your thing, I've been quoting the faithfuldemocracy.us. Yeah. What's the relationship? And uh, should people sure. be going to both websites please, to do their please thing? Please go to both. So I am, as I think you mentioned in, in my bio, the director of campaigns and development at the Franciscan Action Network. And I also um, help to co-facilitate and co-lead the Faithful Democracy Coalition. Tell us a little bit about Faithful Democracy. Yeah. And so what Faithful Democracy is, it's a coalition of faith-based organizations and advocacy groups and even denominations that uh, work on good governance and democracy issues. We're mostly based in DC, but we've really been expanding our reach and working to find other faith voices just you know, not in the, the DC Beltway bubble. And uh, so, and and one of the, the great things that we're doing, you can find out our about our work at faithfuldemocracy.us. You can sign on to our voters covenant there. Um, and, you know, we're advocating for uh, getting big money out of politics and for access to the, for all people to, to vote, all citizens. And so, you know, that's why we're advocating right now for the For the People Act S1 and uh, we just put an organizer on the ground in, in West Virginia. And that's gonna be important now that we're really expanding our work, um, organizing on the ground, just not not only doing, you know, sort of inside the beltway um, advocacy. You know, I got a rant from one of our listeners that I am gonna post sometime soon. Uh, and he spoke about progressives in general. He was talking about Democrats, but I think it covers progressives as well have just about uh, seeded the rural vote, seeded mm. places like West Virginia, Appalachia, which uh, really you should have a huge audience based on the needs and what's going on in those areas. Um, how is Faithful Democracy uh, or even the Franciscan Network uh, mm -hmm. thinking about addressing that and not necessarily concentrating in the big areas of uh, population, uh, you know, population expense? Yeah, that, that's a really great question. I think oftentimes, you know, on the, uh, the East Coast here, there is sort of that divide of that DC sort of, yeah, they want to write off West Virginia. They want to write off Toledo. Um, they want to write off Kansas. I have a good uh, friend of mine, a former colleague who is from Wichita, and he's saying, don't forget about us. You know, if, if we organize around issues, um, if we, uh, you know, if we truly do the, the work, um, we can we can win folks over. I mean, I always point to uh, my fiance is from St. Louis. If you look at Missouri, right, they always vote um, a, for a candidate with a certain letter after their name, mm -hmm. but they also vote for things like healthcare and for supporting unions. And if you vote, if there are issue areas, if there's 
you know, ballot initiatives around issues, they always vote for the, the more progressive issue, but they're voting for the more conservative candidate. So clearly there's a disconnect there and it's about messaging and it's not forgetting about and leaving behind those folks in St. Louis and Wichita and in Toledo in West Virginia. You know, I think that is so important. And I think, I, I think that is a lesson not learned by either the Democratic Party and many of the progressive groups that are stationed in many of our cities as far as not crying, trying to create a base in these areas. Because when we do polling on issues, and I, you're absolutely correct, specifically when we do polling on issues like Medicare for All or the contents of the Green New Deal and many mm -hmm. other aspects of what we would normally call the progressive agenda, what you find is that they're not just majorities, but in most of these issues, there are super majority support from the rank and file of not exactly. party, but of people. And exactly. it, 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 it needs, I think, uh, from all aspects, and I think that is where somebody like yourself is so important because you represent a demographic that can go into a West Virginia with a different uh, thought process, a different methodology to actually, uh, you know, build a base. And I wish more would do it. I understand that, you know, I, I'm looking at your faithful democracy and see that, I mean, you're all over the place with the support that you've got. I mean, you, from, mm -hmm. from, from Jewish to Mormon to Christian to, uh, to, to uh, Islamic. Yeah, we're yeah. truly interfaith. And yep. I'm like, this is what, this is the type of faithful democracy I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you're right, not just on, on things like the Green New Deal and, and Medicare for All, but if you look specifically at, at polling in West Virginia, uh, people overwhelmingly support getting big money out of politics. They support increasing voter access. They support the For the People Act. So why aren't, you know, and Senator Manchin, he co-sponsored in the last Congress, but why aren't Senator Manchin and Senator Cap Capito why aren't they supporting the For the People Act? That's a good question because, you know, I know that they are about listening to their constituents and listening to people in the Mountaineer state. Well, you know, look at the polling. So it's, it is, it's in, in some ways it's about messaging, right? I'm sure you know that. And it's, yes. it's that megaphone of money on, on the other side, if you will, but it's, it's also, you know, how those messages are, are used and, and how they're often used against um, issues uh, that, that people actually do support. Well, let me tell you, Jason, we're, we are surely going to do our part to get your message out and those who you Thank represent you. to get that message out. And we hope that uh, you'll be on many other platforms so we can get this kind of message out because it's important that we do. Now, I always ask this question at the end, and that is, uh, please tell me what you want to tell our audience that I simply didn't ask you about. Oh, there's, there's so much. I already gave the plug, right, for the Franciscan Action Network website, franciscanaction.org, and Faithful Democracy, um, faithfuldemocracy.us. I already said, please call your senators. Um, and, and we have resources on our website to, if you're like, I've, I've never done that, how do I do that? You know, pick up the phone after 5 p.m. and, and call that switchboard or, or Google your senators' numbers. Tell them that, that you care about these issues, right? The that you care about the For the People Act, that you care about the, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, that you care about DC statehood. I don't wanna forget that issue as well, is that it often gets lost in the shuffle. You have a city that's 45% African-American, 
um, and over 700,000 people. That's more than Vermont. That's more than Wyoming, and and they are disenfranchised. And it, you know, it's again that shouldn't be a partisan political issue. That shouldn't be a partisan. Oh well, you know, they're all going to vote a certain way. Well, but shouldn't they just be allowed to to vote and have representation? We're we're taxed here in D.C. Um, so so why don't we have a, an equal voice and an equal say? And let me just say too that for all those folks on the left, for, for Dems, Puerto Rican statehood is a completely separate thing, and that's a whole other podcast. Um, but certainly for DC, you know, don't don't forget about us. Um, and you know, again, we advocate for that with faithful democracy, and we advocate with for so many issues in the spirits of, of Francis and Claire with Franciscan Action Network, immigration reform, climate change, gun violence prevention. We just had another mass shooting in, in San Jose yesterday. You know, it's, what is it? I guess we're, it's, it's just a, a sad reality that we have to live with now. You know, the, the pandemic is ending, people are gonna be outside more. Does that mean we're gonna have more mass shootings? I mean, it, it just shouldn't be that way. And we're so gridlocked on here on Capitol Hill in DC. And that's why we need people to pick up their phones and call their senators, especially people of faith and say, hey, I want these, these bills passed. I want comprehensive immigration reform. I want comprehensive gun violence prevention legislation. I want the For the People Act. I want the Green New Deal. I think that is so important. I, 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 just before we leave here, the gun issue, again, it, it's, it's bewildering because most Americans want some sort of good, effective gun control. Uh, no other country suffers multiple mass shootings several times a month. If people can't understand that if there's a preponderance of guns out there, that people will use it. Uh, you know, yesterday I wrote a, a quick little post where I said, um, if, because here in Texas, we're now allowing everybody, anybody to just go out and buy a gun if you're over 18 or over 21. Right. I don't but, remember but then you're also passing voting restrictions at the same it, time. Exactly. And, and what that means is, you know, I mean, if everybody has a gun and somebody's on the freeway, a good person can have a bad moment. Yeah. And a good person with a bad moment with a gun can turn that person into a murderer. Yeah, a deadly moment. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't believe in that, that whole good person with a gun thing. I mean, both of my parents are the retired public school teachers. And, you know, my dad decades ago, um, I, I, I think I can say this in public, he was, was an NRA member, you know, before it got super political. He, he grew up in the country, grew up hunting and shooting guns. And, and that's you know, decades ago, the NRA wasn't political. Um, and, you know, I asked him one time, once that started to come up, you know, would you have have a gun in the classroom knowing that he would be comfortable with guns and that he's, and he said, no. He said, I would never, he couldn't ever bring himself, you know, if I would trust anyone with a gun, it would be him. But he said he would never be able, even if there was a mass shooter at his school, to bring himself to actually shoot another student. He just couldn't bring himself to do that. And that was the narrative for a long time, right? Oh, just arm people, just get more guns out there. But we know that that more guns, if you have a gun in a home, you know, there, there's a higher incident rate of 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 death and, and accidents. You in know, that. so so more guns are not not the answer. We know that. And if we look again, public opinion polling, NRA members today, they you know, they want comprehensive gun violence prevention legislation.
it is amazing. We have to start making the politician look like what the people are wanting and acting that way. Look, Jason. Yeah, and it's 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 the money in politics. It's the money that Absolutely. the NRA has. They're they're you know writing checks to our senators. It's it's that's why we need to overturn Citizens United. We need a constitutional amendment to overturn it and uh, make the playing field equal and even again and make sure that our our members of Congress actually listen to the people, not the big money. It's been my pleasure to have uh, El Senor Jason Miller, Director of Campaigns and Development, Franciscan Action Network. And he also works with the Faithful Democracy. Look, thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you thank for you. what you're so trying much. to accomplish. It is so important. It's been my pleasure to have you on Politics Done Right. Thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure to be on. And, and thank you for having me on and and continuing to use your voice and to speak up. That's what we all need to do. Thank you. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. I sure enjoyed speaking to Jason. Uh, anyway, folks, we are coming close to the end of the show. We've got about three more minutes to go. Uh, let me run through. Uh, Michael says, shootings never stopped during the pandemic of 2020. Was the deadliest gun violence year in decades. Shooting deaths in 2020 outpaced the next highest recent, which was 2017. More 3,600. Wow, I didn't realize that. The rise, other alarming trends. Last year, the United States saw highest one-year increase in homicides since it began. That one, I believe, again, people are in close context. Da -da 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 -da. Okay, Jason, thank you for your effort and for your work, says E2247. Linda Jo Kessinger says, thanks, Egberto and Jason. Good shows. Muchas gracias for the kudos. Uh, the single most effective way for uh, fix a gun problem, gun licensing requiring training for gun ownership, and anyone who fails the licensing requirement shouldn't be allowed to own one. Yo creo que eso es cierto. I think that is absolutely true. Egberto, thank you for hosting Jason and good and uh, in a good way. Of course, look, I am not, you know, I, I think we, we ought to be able to have differences in not only what we believe in, but in religion, etc., and still be able to get along. It's one country. And not only that, we are all seeking something, right? Uh, we're all seeking the truth. I think I found the truth. Others think that they, they found the truth through other avenues. Let's go ahead and talk. Let's go ahead and enjoy each other. Let's go ahead and learn from each other. That's how it's done, brothers and sisters. That's how it is done. Let me do one last plug. Folks, please consider becoming a part of the PDR Posse by clicking on that join button if you are on YouTube. If you are not on YouTube, you can become a member of our Posse by going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Uh, Peggy Lopez says, late arriving, son-in-law hospitalized in Omaha, Nebraska, three years since he entered clinical uh, trial for cancer. This appears to be unanticipated outcome for manipulation of stem cells. I wish you the best, uh, Peggy. Uh, please give your son the regards from the PDR Posse. We are all rooting for your son. Uh, Peggy, uh, Paul Fleming says, I was listening to MSNBC when they said that the thesis company as board of trustees made announcement and a country sues and huge judge in the Netherlands, I think, ruled that by 2030, changes had to be made. Yes, that's the same one AVQ was talking about, uh, meaning Michael Rudman was talking about. All right, uh, another way, folks, please consider getting our books. You can go to politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. That will take you to our Amazon area. 
that has a list of all our books in different forms, whether it's ebook, paperback, or audiobook. Um, so please consider getting those. Again, that all of that helps our programming. And of course, you can all support us via PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Anyhow, you guys have you guys can be anywhere, but you're with me. I am honored. Thank you so kindly. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.